Hey friends, welcome back to the Play On Words podcast. This episode is all about parent-teacher conferences. So whether or not you have already had them or even have kids at that age yet, this is going to be um, covering how to talk about tricky topics with your child's teacher. And there will also be some teacher perspective um, shared for the teachers that follow this podcast. I'm having a conversation with a friend, teacher, and reading specialist, Mia, and we just are going to share our thoughts about what conferences were like for us, reminders that parents might need or teachers might need, and hopefully some helpful suggestions as we head into some great conversations. Next episode, you are definitely going to want to tune in for because we are talking about science of reading curriculum in the classroom. So, so many of you have asked about science of reading curriculum and how to know what's the best one, or if you're a teacher and your school isn't allowing a science of reading curriculum classroom, what can you do? Um, It's with another really awesome guest, so make sure to check back in next week for this episode. You are going to love it. Okay, let's talk about parent-teacher conferences. Yeah, let's get to it. You have not had any yet, right? No, ours are before um, Thanksgiving, um, the week before Thanksgiving. So, okay. So you are um, a reading specialist, public school. How long have you been doing this? Um, so this is my fourth year as a reading specialist, and then before that, um, I taught in the primary grades for several years as a classroom teacher. Amazing, and. I I know I probably I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but what do you like about each of those roles? Um, so I mean, as a classroom teacher, um, I feel like my favorite grade was second grade, um, and um, you know, you just really get to see them grow a ton in that year. You know, they go from like with reading specifically, like they go from reading pretty simple books at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, a lot of them end up reading chapter books by the end of the year, but they also just like mature a lot. Like, um, you know, just they, they mature a lot in that year. So, um, you know, I really liked to see that. And then as a reading specialist, it's really nice to, um, hone in on what I feel like I was the best at teaching in the classroom. Um, and, um, it's, it's nice to feel like I have a bigger impact throughout the whole school, um, with those kids that are, um, struggling a little more with reading now. Okay. Like when I was a reading specialist in a school, I felt like I like hosted, I, I was in a private school, so I got to like have a little bit more like freedom than public school teachers might have. So I, you know, they were like, if you want to host parent teacher conferences, you can, but you don't have to. And I like really wanted to, like, I sent a, like a sign up genius. I don't know if that still even exists, but yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it does good <laughs> um, to like all my parents. And I was like, please book a time with me. Like I need it. I was like, I want to speak with all of the parents. Do you, do you see parents coming to see you at conferences or are they like, why would I go to both? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a mix. So we, I kind of give them an option. Like I can join the classroom teachers conference if they prefer to just kind of get it done in one chunk of time. Um, but then some parents prefer, like they really want to get um, some good information on what we're doing in reading and and how they can help and, and different ways, um, you know, that, that we're um, teaching them. Um, and it's been interesting the last few years all of my, not all of them, but most of my conferences have been virtual, um, which is very different from, you know, how it was pre-pandemic, basically. And I don't know, like, you know, how most schools do it, but I have heard from a lot of teachers that the majority are virtual. So that's an interesting piece, too. Wow. Okay. Wait, so this actually, this is actually, I think, very helpful for people that maybe, like, I know we're just going to dive into parent teacher conferences because we both have so much to say about this. And I love (laughs) talking about this with you, but I just realized that like, maybe this is also helpful for parents that are like, maybe they get a note home that says like, your child's going to see the reading specialist now. Like maybe we could do like a quick, like back step of like what that the journey before getting to like, Oh, parent teacher conferences. Should I go see the reading specialist or the learning specialist? If my child sees them, Mm -hmm. Am I the person that asks for it? Is the classroom teacher going to tell me? Do they work together to like give me the same information? So do I need to talk to both of them? Like maybe we could talk a little bit about that. I just realized that people might be a little confused on this. Yeah, fair enough. So, I mean, in my experience, um, like the different, different districts that I've been at, typically like a formal link to schedule will be sent out. Um, by, I think usually just by like the district, but usually teachers have an opportunity to, um, like pre-schedule a conference before that link comes out. If they want to have like several staff members at the, at the meeting, just to make sure that everyone can be there. Um, so that would be, you know, like if there's a reading specialist or, you know, a special education teacher or something like that, um, but it doesn't have to be in charge of asking for everyone to be there or, or could they? I mean, I, yeah, I think they definitely could. Um, I would definitely say, you know, like don't assume, um, I think communication is definitely key, but, um, in my experience, usually there's something formal sent out, but, um, you know, also conferences aren't necessarily the only time that you should be talking to the teacher either. Like there's, you know, plenty of other opportunities for, um, for communication. So you know. That is such a good reminder too. I, at my podcast, I always go in so many different tangents, but, um, that's such a good reminder. like, don't let the first experience of like reaching out to the teacher, whether it's like the teacher or support teachers, like be a negative experience. So like if, okay, so let's say, let's say I'm at your school and you, I get a note from you that says like, hi, I'm the reading specialist. I'm going to start seeing your child. Please reach out if you have any questions me as a parent, I might be like, wait, what? Nobody told me about this. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you say, like, maybe if, if there's like teachers listening to this or parents on the parent end, like how, how do you think it would be like a helpful way to start like initiating a conversation if the parent doesn't really have any questions? They're just like, I don't know what to ask, but they do want to start like building up that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so usually what I do, um, you know, we you, we do all the assessments at the beginning of the year and, you know, um, when students qualify, we, we send out an email and obviously are open to follow-up questions. But again, yeah, especially if you're new to, um, you know, 
new to school, new to the process, like, yeah, you might not know what questions to ask. Um, and I would always welcome, um, you know, a parent to just say, Hey, could we find a time for like a quick phone call chat? Um, just to kind of, you know, talk a little bit about like, what does this look like? And, um, how did you come to this decision and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think whatever mode of communication, I guess, is best for you. Like some people prefer a phone call. Some people prefer email. Um, and I think, you know, most teachers will, you know, find a time to to make that work for sure. Amazing. So, okay. So will you meet, I know this is all like specific to, uh, this is what's wild to me is I th- I'm, <laughs> I don't want people to be alarmed by this. But every single school is different. Every single like For sure. teacher is different. Every single uh-huh. district is different. So it's not like it's like, here's what's going to happen. Your exactly. Reading, yeah. Yeah, if your child sees the reading specialist, they're probably going to chat with the teacher beforehand, before the conference. Like, but in so in this moment, it's just in our experiences. Yeah. So will you touch base about how many students do you see currently at your school? Um, currently like, like 25 ish. And will you touch base with the classroom teacher before conferences? Yeah. So we actually, so there's two reading specialists at my school and a math specialist. And, um, we actually have a day scheduled this Friday where, um, we are meeting with all of the teachers, like one-on-one just to discuss our shared students during their like plan time. Um, just to kind of, make sure they know what we've been doing and and we know how they've been doing in the classroom and just to kind of have a a little bit of a check-in time and make sure we're all on the same page um and and kind of um yeah just and also to work out the details of conferences like do we want to have a conference together or separately um but yes so we have just a day scheduled to make sure that we do a formal check-in but we're also you know checking in with them informally um throughout you know, other times of the year too. Amazing. Um, okay. And do you <laughs> on the, this is, this is such a random, but on the same, like everybody does everything differently. Do you kind of pull different curriculum from different teachers or do you do your own method when you're pulling out students or does it depend on the grade of the student? So, I mean, it definitely depends on the grade and just like kind of what the need is, right? Because my school is all the way from kindergarten to sixth grade. So like, you know, we're not going to be doing the same thing with kindergarten as sixth grade, hopefully. Um, And so, yeah, we have several sort of like go-to programs, but generally um, it's something kind of like in addition to or different um from what the classroom teachers are doing, um, but kind of to supplement it, um, if that makes sense. So um, they are usually like, the goal is for them to be aligned, um, but it's not the exact same thing. Great. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Okay. So let's talk about parent-teacher conferences, because this is like a question or like, you know, it's a topic that people feel kind of nervous about. Like, I think especially if you have a child that might be struggling, you don't really know what to expect. If it's your first time for a conference, if it's, you know, a new, a new thing's happening, maybe you have a second grader in kindergarten and first grade. It was that you just had the classroom teacher now second grade. 
you get an email that, hey, at conferences, I want to talk about and introduce you to the reading specialist. I think I'm going to recommend Johnny go work with her two days a week. Like, and parents might feel like shock at that and yeah. not really know what to expect and also not really know like how to prep for conferences. So in your experience, let's talk about like how, how parents can feel equipped to go to a parent teacher conference and get the most out of that 10 minutes, unless yeah. you have more. Mine were always 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think one thing is like thinking about if there are certain topics that you absolutely want to talk about, like even writing it down on like a post-it or on, on, on your notes app, on your phone, like having your questions that you definitely want to get answered down on paper somewhere. Um, because otherwise I feel like the, the conferences, even if they are 20 minutes, like they go really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and generally I feel like teachers generally have like a kind of a blueprint for what they want to talk about during the conference and what they want to cover. Um, but I feel like if there are like big questions, um, that parents want to, to talk about or get answered, um, I feel like it's sometimes also helpful to like just send that in an email to the teacher beforehand um Ooh. kind of to me because like when I was a classroom teacher I would send out like just a little piece of paper um for parents to fill out before so that like if there was something specific that they wanted to talk about I was prepared for that and you know we just both knew that like that's something we want to discuss because every parent and every kid is different right um so I think that is super duper helpful um you know, obviously you don't have to do that. Um, but I think that can be helpful if there's specific stuff that you really want to discuss. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Have you, we've both done a lot of parent teacher conferences. Yep. Have you, and, and always, there's always one that at least one that's tricky for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like parents are always asking like, how do I bring up a tricky, tricky topic? Like, whether it's personal to the child or whether it's a question that they don't really know how to ask, do you have any tips that you would share that you've noticed people do well or notice like, oh, after that happened, like, I think that taught me that person didn't really know how to ask that. Here's how I could have helped them. Or maybe you have a side like for teachers that are thinking about this conference, maybe like just like reminders of what you think parents or teachers should know. Yeah. I mean, I think that conferences are a really great reminder like you because we don't get a ton of like FaceTime with the parents um and for me it was as a teacher it was always a really great reminder like okay this you know this child that is in my room for however many day, hours a day like this is their baby and so I feel like that's really like a helpful lens to go into conferences with like um you know, just to kind of think about like these parents are, you know, whether they're concerned about something or not, like this is, this is their baby. This is their pride and joy. So, um, I think that's really helpful. And I think for parents, you know, if it's a tricky question and you're not sure to, how to ask it, I feel like just saying that, like, listen, I'm not sure how to go about this topic, but here's my like thoughts and feelings and and what I'm wondering. And just, I feel like for both sides going in with understanding, and, and I feel like you talk about this a lot, like just with curiosity rather than, you know, trying to have like a gotcha moment or anything like that, because that's no fun for anyone. <laughs> 
Yeah, that reminds me, I once heard someone speaking say that, that like how to have com hard conversations is to like start by saying like, I have to tell you something that's really difficult for me to say. Like, and so that could be that, like, I feel uncomfortable asking about this and I kind of feel like embarrassed. I, I like what, if you have to bring up questions for either end, you know, obviously that's yeah. more the parent end. I w wouldn't encourage a teacher to be like, I'm uncomfortable at bringing <laughs> this up because we, even though it's okay, but just be like, this is a sensitive subject. And I, right. I think from a teacher's lens, you could say this is a sensitive subject. I'm actually not an expert in this, mm -hmm. but there are some behavioral needs or some, some things I've noticed that I'm wondering if you've noticed at home too. For sure. I think would be like the, with the teacher end of saying that, but for parents to say like, this is something that's hard for me to say. I'm wondering if you can help me with this. Um, I think and that's such a good reminder, remembering that that's somebody's baby. I, I, yeah. I think that in everything, like in life, like whenever, like that's somebody's baby. So sure. Yeah. We're going to have heated emotions. Yeah. And I just kind of was thinking about this. Like, I feel like on the teacher end, if a parent does bring up a question that you don't know how to answer, I feel like it's okay to say like, I'm going to write this down. I want to check in with, you know, whoever it is, depending on the question, like, and I will get back to you as soon as I can, but like, I don't want to, you know, give you the wrong information or something like that. Um, because yet yeah, we can't be, we're experts on a lot of stuff, but we can't be experts on absolutely everything. So teachers are required to be like experts in so many things that they don't like that. They, they are they have to figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. And like, there's like so many things, like there's no, like, there's not enough like behavioral preparation for teachers. Like all of the things yeah. they have to be like manning all of these students, their behaviors, then like being on the lookout. If anyone has like things that like, oh, maybe I should take note of that, but also be an expert in every single subject. And like, and we just throw like, you know, we'll just throw out things like, Hey, what about this? And expect them to have the answer. So I think I always say the best teachers, in my opinion, are the ones who say, I, I don't know. <laughs> and like, I will work to figure that out, but I actually don't have the answer. It's like yeah. scary. The ones that are like, I do have the answer for everything, <laughs> for everything. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, um, okay. So let's talk about if there is, you know, something, um, challenging or, <laughs> tricky to talk about like maybe from either end like behavioral concerns or um you know um academic struggles maybe like you're noticing something that is beyond the typical range of behaviors um yeah let's talk about that <laughs> I don't really know what the question is <laughs> what are your thoughts well, yeah so I mean and again I don't know if this is like what you're thinking about. But like, one thing that I feel like a lot of parents don't maybe realize at first, it, like specifically for public school teachers, like we cannot diagnose anything like that is that that's just not what well, we, we can't do that. that um, so I want to say that public school teachers like might have that rule, but it's also true that a private school teacher cannot, unless they are a diagnostician. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and so like, and so sometimes parents come to teachers and say like, you know, does my kid have this? Does my kid have that? And we really 
I mean, we really can't answer that question. And so, um, you know, there's professionals who can do that. Um, but it can, I feel like it can sometimes get a little bit tricky, um, for, for teachers when, when questions like that come up where we, you know, we might have, um, you know, some observations about some behaviors that are consistent with, um, certain diagnoses, but we, we can't really can't tell you. <laughs> That's so true. And it's like, it, I, I, yeah, it's, I have had parents that I've worked with that have been like, this teacher says that he, they think that he's dyslexic and ADHD. And I was like, is the teacher a, a <laughs> clinical diagnostician? Right. That is such an alarming thing. But at the same time though, parents do want to know if you're seeing behavioral patterns that they should be aware of. So, so I guess, well, so I guess that tip or your explanation is really good that like one parents need to know that they can't explicitly ask that because that is not the expertise of the teacher. Well, and I, I've also had some, I like, I've had some experiences where like, then a parent thinks like, oh, well, no, they like, we, we don't That's have fine. to worry about this anymore. Cause the teacher didn't really answer the question, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, so what would you say to parents? Like how, how should they ask about that? I mean, I think they could ask about like, are you seeing any behaviors or, you know, what have you that, you know, align with a certain diagnosis or do you think it would be helpful to see our pediatrician about these concerns? Like, I think that that's something where a teacher can, can kind of um, answer that. But also I think that Another thing is like, okay, I have these uh, for a parent, like they might have certain concerns. You could say like, how can the school help support with this? And how can we help support with this at home? Um, rather than kind of, yeah, looking for a diagnosis. Yeah. Because like not everything, I mean, yeah, it's good to have a diagnosis, but it's like what we're really asking is, do we have the support for the, the patterns that we're seeing? Yeah. And yeah. if we don't, then what's the next step? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe parents could also like say, I've noticed this at home. Here's what I've kept track of. Like every night during his math homework, he has a meltdown by the time he gets to the fourth problem. Does he do that in school? We're looking for like that, that pattern. So maybe, so maybe like parents reminders could be to get really specific on what they're asking. Not like, Hey, do you think they have ADHD? But like, Hey, I've noticed that it's really hard for them to focus after three minutes of this activity. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree looking for, for some of those patterns and like connections between home and school, because I also have found it's interesting that sometimes parents are seeing like a whole different kid than we're seeing at school. And that's a really interesting, just like piece of information that I think is important for everyone. Yeah, I know there's so many people that will say, um, like they go to parent teacher conferences and they're like, What? The teacher is like, they're a perfect angel. That is not what's happening at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they save it up for at home. They save it up. They're like they're masking all day at school and then they're like, I'm free. Exactly. Um, yes. So what would you say? Um okay, I feel like there was something else I wanted to ask you. So we know parents can ask in a different way. Oh, what would you say like teachers are typically saying when they kind of do mean like, maybe you should look into testing for ADHD or dyslexia? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great question. Um, 
some of the things that you might say is like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some of these behaviors. Like I've noticed, um, you know, like, again, like trouble concentrating, trouble sitting still, things like that. Um, and then, you know, um, again, like talking about like, you know, this is something that you could speak to your pediatrician about because really that like, if that, if you are going like the diagnosis route, like that is kind of your, your first step. Um, but yeah. And, and I think that it's really helpful for, I think it's important for teachers to say things like, you know, along with, okay, I'm noticing these behaviors or these patterns or struggles. And here's what we're doing at school to help support that, um, I think is really, really important. And I think also just helpful for, for parents to hear. And, you know, if parents are interested, um, you know, sharing some resources for like, here are some things that you could do at home if you're seeing some of the same things. Um, you know, I know everyone has like different capacities for how much time they have and, and things like that. But um, I think that can be helpful for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do you think that parents can continue to support their child and their relationship with the teacher after the conference? Because, you know, we get them to a year and it's very short and you're like, you're a team and what, what would you do? Like, it's not like a, Oh, thanks so much for coming. Send a thank you card. Like, how do we, how, what do you think like an appropriate amount of communication is to be expected? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do think it can kind of vary, um, especially, you know, like if there's something big going on in, you know, the family's life, like a big change or something like that. Like, it's interesting. I've in the past, I've found out like big, like family changes that are happening. And I find out from the kid and it's been happening for like two months. I'm like, oh yeah, just a quick email so that I'm aware of that. So I can kind of like look for if there's any you know, behavior changes or anything like that, um, yeah. I think can be helpful. Um, um, but yeah, I agree. Like there's only two conferences a year and, um, it, it's nice to have more communication throughout, but, um, you know, for teachers, I think it's, I think it's really nice when teachers are able to share positive things with parents too. Um, because I, I feel like sometimes it's, you know, you get a phone call from school and you think, oh, it must be something bad has happened. Right. And I think it's nice to um, kind of change that a little bit, change that, that perception and that communication. Yeah. Rewire that the brain into being like, oh no, but being like, oh, I bet they're calling to say something great happened. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that it can be really, really helpful to build that, that collaboration um, between home and school. Um, <clears throat> so that that way, like, and it's great to do that when like things are going well. And that way you already have a team if something, you know, if they're struggling with something or, um, whatever it is, like you have that trust, um, in the relationship already. Um, I think that is super helpful. Um, and yeah, I mean, like if there's a question or a, or a concern that comes up, like it's, it's fine to reach out. I, I feel like there's, two opposite ends of the spectrum. Like some parents are like, I don't want to bother them. Like they'll let me know if something is, if I need to know something. And then there's other parents, um, that, you know, communicate, um, a lot. Yes. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> a lot. And do you think, do you think that there's any amount that's too much? Great question. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't be emailing with you every day, the entire school year. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, there are definitely situations like if a kid has been struggling with something and, you know, we're doing like a week or two of daily updates, you know, that's one thing, but, um, yeah. And again, it, it does kind of, I feel like depend on the kid and, and their needs though. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, okay. Last question. What, what, final um this is actually maybe like for maybe do you have any parent teacher conference tips for new teachers or for new parents going into parent teacher conferences for the very first time yeah um so i mean for teachers i feel like one like especially new teachers the parents are going into the conference and like they want to learn from you like learn what their school day looks like and but they also like they want to hear the good stuff but they also want you to be honest with them about um the hard things I feel like my first year or two of teaching I, I did a lot of sugarcoating at conferences Same. and um yeah and I, I think like the parents want to know if if you know a kid is struggling or if there's something that they can help with um so I feel like especially for new teachers that um that can feel a little bit tricky, but, um, I think yeah. it's just all in the way that you kind of like sandwich it. And again, say like, and this is what we're doing to help. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that just made me think of like, I also, I feel like I used to be like, okay, let me find like the one thing to be like, here's what you could work on. And I was like searching for that. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes that's good, but sometimes like now I like, if I do a consultation with someone, I'm like going to find the reading thing that they can work on for sure. sure. Yeah. But like, I feel like at the big, at like when I, if I was like in preschool or like kindergarten, I, I would like be like, mm, let me see like where like they're struggling, like almost to be like, to do too much of like the compliment sandwich. Like I was just like, yeah. I'm going to have like this and then this and then this. And the thing I would look for that, like they were struggling with wasn't now looking back, like, wasn't really like a thing that actually was a thing to be like, you need to work on this at home. Like, it was like, almost like I tried too hard You're to like searching for. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. I think that new teachers still think that way, like, or think the way that I did, because I was talking to a friend who's preschooler, three-year-old preschooler. This is like a very young conference, but mm -hmm. it, he's like the most verbal kid in the world like his language skills are like of a seven-year-old he can do all of the phonological awareness games that i would test oh, a second grader yeah. at and she said that she went to her conference and they were like um we're a little bit worried that his language is delayed but we'll keep an eye on it and <laughs> and she said to me she was like it wasn't my first kid so i knew to just she's and she also used to be a teacher she's and she said that like she helped me remember like sometimes we are just like looking for like the here's the good thing. Here's what you could work on. Here's this, not knowing that it might like be extremely alarming to parents. And like, you know, like that teacher didn't really mean like, we're worried he has a language delay. She meant like, he's not very chatty in class, but yeah. it was just misworded. And I, I think that's what I, I'm believing because we were like, what? And she, since she used to be a teacher too, was like, I think that's what she meant. And like, she was like, I'm really glad though, that I'm not like a first time parent in that that was just like then like 
lot like flew off the handlebars being like oh my gosh a language delay ah like because she right. didn't have anyone to compare it to but anyway so i think like teachers like you don't have to like follow a cookie cutter template that you find on teachers pay teachers of like here's say this good thing now say here's what to work on now say this like tell them what you see is happening with your kid you know like and For and sure. say i they are having a hard time after lunch here are the here are the strategies that i've been implementing for the last two weeks because i want to i want to use consistent um reinforcement and um i wanted to share this with you to one if in case you're seeing this at home and also i'm wondering if you have anything that you've noticed works well yes it's, it's sure. really important to, i think to not be too like throw throw it on the parent either like be like i don't know they're struggling i can't i don't know what to do like remind them like you are in control and you are you might be learning some new things but like you like want to work as a team not help i don't know what to do for sure yeah and i think like i'm just thinking about like some of the like great like enjoyable conferences that i've had like they are just like honest conversations like about this kid that we both care very much about and I think a lot of the time parents just want to know that like you know and understand their kid and like you're going to do what you know what they need to help them to succeed because again they're like in school for a large chunk of their day so I feel like a lot of the time like that's really it seems like what parents really want to know from a conference, right? Yeah, it's like that you know and see my kid. Yeah, that's such a good reminder. And also I love that you said like conferences like that you found enjoyable because like enjoy it, that's fun. You guys are working as a team, you and teacher, parent and the kid, like it's all a team. It's like, oh my gosh, it's finally, it's like your coworkers, you're like, ah, I've missed you, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It's like sure. new projects. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I mean, like for, for parents, I think just going in like open, ready to listen, but also ready to ask questions. I feel like, like what you were just saying about, you know, like the, the language delay, like if you have follow-up questions, ask them. And if you think of follow-up questions two days after the conference, send them. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's really important rather than just sort of like, you know, just kind of perseverating on a worry or something that came up from the conference. Like just, just ask. I think that's a really important one too. Yeah. That's such a good reminder. Like you can take your time and then, and also like, don't be afraid to say like, can you clarify what you mean by that? Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really following or that feels alarming or, or like, are you saying that I should ask my pediatrician for a referral for for this mm -hmm. like because I think then the teacher could say or or if someone said that to me I would say you know if I did think that and I would say gosh what would I say <laughs> I think if you're worried I would take the notes that you and I have both held like for the last four weeks to mm -hmm. your pediatrician and ask what they think yeah yeah, for sure. And like, I'm willing to, you know, like be in contact with whoever um, and, and share with them if you want. Also, this just randomly, um, you just made me think of this for like for teachers. I feel like we have so many 
acronyms and jargon. And like most parents are not educators. So most of them have no idea what half of the acronyms are. So I think kind of just going in assuming like, let's just explain what we're actually talking about. Cause that could be really confusing for some parents and that's, that's no fun for anyone. That is so true. I had, I remember I was doing big city readers, um, story times for like, it had been at least a year that I knew this one mom, she became like a good friend of mine. And and so we always like would chat after the story time. They came to every single one of my story times. And I always would say, this is a fun song to build phonological awareness or remember, this is one of my favorite books for helping preschoolers build phonological awareness. And she said after a year, I'm not kidding. She came at least once a week for a year. We were already friends. And that's why she finally felt comfortable to say, what is phonological awareness? And I was like, this was up like, you know, seven years ago. And now I like try really hard to explain it and, and yeah. kind of even try not to say words if I don't, if we don't need to, I like try not to like use the big definition because mm-hmm. I think people really do kind of shut down when there's too many, like their brain stops listening. They're just like too many confusing words. For sure. But, but I was like, oh my gosh, I've been acting like everyone knows what phonological awareness is. And we forget. It's like mm-hmm. in every field though. Like you even, I was talking to my friend who's a hairstylist and she's like saying all these things. And like, you forget that like people are just actually wondering what hairbrush to use. Like you're talking <laughs> about like, dimensions of color some people might know that but like I'm like am I using the right hairbrush on my wet hair or am I like breaking it right yeah yeah so like everyone in their field needs to like simplify it totally yeah it's like the same thing as like I don't know if you're like at the doctor and they're just throwing all these different terms at you it's like okay just explain it to me in you know regular English so (laughs) yeah I feel like that can absolutely happen um in education too. Yes. Actually I'm thinking of like Grey's Anatomy when they're like, well, the prognosis of the bone healing, it's like, what, tell me, when will I walk again? Like, (laughs) right. Yeah. Just summarize it. Say it simply. Will I walk tomorrow in a week? Um, I obviously have just been binging Grey's Anatomy again. I don't know why, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but also you said something, I don't know if it was while we were on or before we started recording, but, um, that to remember that teachers might be nervous too. Like both parties might be kind of nervous coming into this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even like, especially, I feel like especially newer teachers, but like even teachers who have been doing this forever, um, you know, like, yeah, you can be nervous before. And, and also like, depending on how conferences are, scheduled. Um, I know every, you know, district is different, but a lot of the time the teacher is talking all day. Um, and just, you know, it's like back to back to back. Um, and so I think sometimes, um, you know, that can just be a little bit overwhelming. So if, you know, if the teacher trips over some words, like it's probably because they've been talking for three hours straight. Um, yes, I remember that. I remember thinking, so mine were 10 minutes and they were back to back. And I remember <laughs> this one moment, like at the, you know, they go like 11 to six, like so that mm-hmm. was what, or no, 11 to seven were ours. And it was like, you know, I loved like, 
you had like a few right away at 11 and you had like i had like a you know a couple like a 45 minute break and then it was like boom 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 boom, boom. and it was yeah. so much and i remember though sitting there like in toward the end and being literally going did i just did i just say this and i couldn't remember if i said it five minutes ago explaining something in another conference or mm -hmm. if i said it four minutes ago in this conference and i was like i don't i can't remember what I've already said or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've definitely had some of those moments for sure. Um, and then that's also just making me think about again, like I, I don't, I think a lot of conferences are virtual now. Again, I don't know how every school does it, but I remember, um, you know, like when I was doing in-person conferences, like there would be people waiting in the hallway and then I'm like still finishing up a conference. And I know that sometimes it's like, it's not enough time and we still have more to talk about. But I feel like in that situation, either as the parent or as the teacher, like it's also okay to say like, we haven't covered everything yet, but like, I know our time is up. Could we maybe set up a time to like follow up about this, you mm -hmm. know, um, later? Because you know, cause it, it's like, again, the same thing, like with the doctor, like, um, you know, if like your first conference goes 10 minutes over and then it's just sort of a little bit of a, um, you know, domino effect. It is. And so I think like both, both things that you just said are great. Like for the parents, like running or the parents remembering to prioritize the time, but also like having, if you're waiting, like having a smidge of flexibility, like, obviously we don't want you to wait 20 minutes, but like, hopefully everybody knows the timing thing. And so they're not, you know, you know, I've had like, you know, one somewhere or someone's like crying and it's like a really big emotional thing. Right. Like, I'm not gonna be like, sorry, your time's up. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. So like having like the patience to be like, I trust that this teacher is like aware of everyone's time slot and is not really going to run over if, unless something else is happening. So I'm not going to like be knocking on the door, enter in the middle of something, but like, also I'm going to be on time and I'm going to have a little bit of wiggle room, which is a little bit tricky because a lot of people have multiple kids and they're trying to go back to back. So it's just, it's hard. It's just, I had, I had a friend or actually a mom, a big city readers mom say like, this is life. We have to be flexible. She was like giving sure. a presentation to like the Mayo clinic and was getting her daughter on a one-on-one -on -one session with me. And my zoom updated at like that time or something, or like, no, my, my last call ran over and I was like, I'm so sorry. And she goes, no, no, no. Don't say I'm sorry. You say, thanks for waiting. And this is life. I was just telling her, this is life. We can't be like, I need this at this time. We just say, I will get what I need and, yeah. and you will get what you need. And I'm like, yeah. And also for teachers, I remember my cooperating teacher when I student taught, taught me this trick to have a visual timer on the table. It's kind mm -hmm. of like the trick of like the timer for kids to go like to stop playing video games or to go to bed. Like it's, I'm not the bad guy. You're not the bad guy. It's the timer. So like just starting the visual timer with whatever amount of time you have so that it's like, I'm just, you know, the teacher can say like, Hey, I'm just doing this for me because I could chat away with you. Like, but I'm going to start this so that I make sure that I don't like skip the rest of our conferences. So like, just like, so it, everyone sees, okay, I know the visual timer's there. I know I got to go. My time's up. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like, I do feel like so much of this stuff, like is sort of changing with 
you know, the, the virtual zoom stuff, but, um, yeah, no, I do. And again, it's like, yes, you do want to make sure that you're giving each of these families, you know, the, the time and attention. And especially if you're talking about like sensitive topics. Um, so yeah, it, I feel like it can be like a tricky balance, you know? Um, so yeah, no, I, I really like that idea. Cause yeah. Everyone needs to remember at these conferences to have grace for each other. <laughs> Everyone's sure. a little uncomfortable. Maybe everyone's a little nervous and excited and the, 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 all the emotions are there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It can be, can be a little nerve wracking, but also it can be amazing. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love when you said that was my favorite part when you said like the ones that I've loved. It's not like, oh, parent teacher conferences. It is that. It's so fun. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like, I don't know. I I feel like I had this experience a lot. Like, because this is a lot of the time. The first conference is like the first time that you get to sit down one on one and like actually have an extended conversation with the parents about their kid like because there's like open house and stuff like that but you're just all over the place and I always have loved like when you like sometimes you'll like just see a resemblance or like a mannerism and you're like oh yep like I you know I it's just interesting to or just you know like the way they talk or or something like that you're like okay yeah no I see it yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yay. Well, yeah. I hope you have great conferences this year. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of your expert, uh, expert conference person tips. <laughs> I feel like anyone that's done like five, five or more years of conferences are, is an expert. So yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to learn, but, um, you know, I think, yeah, the more you do them, the, the more comfortable they are for sure. Um, yeah. 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 Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'll see you later. Yeah.